Welcome to the No Backing Down Podcast. Your host Sean Stellato brings you amazing guests with incredible stories of triumph and success. Prepare to be inspired. Well, I am super excited for our next guest. Uh, not only is did he carve out a nice uh, niche as a coach and as a safety football player, he is Paisan, which uh, puts the icing on the cake. Uh, former Indianapolis head coach, uh, it's my honor to welcome Coach Chuck Pagano to the No Backing Down podcast. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Sean. My my pleasure. Well, it's good to hear. And coach, we're going to dive right into this. You know, uh, you obviously have a, a quite the resume uh, as a player, as a coach. And, um, you know, obviously this is the No Backing Down podcast. And I want to give first a quick shout out to our sponsors, Training Mask, uh, Servici Martial Arts, and 22 Days Nutrition. Um, with that being said, you know, September 2012, you were diagnosed uh, at the beginning of the season uh, with uh, a form of leukemia. Um, can you maybe take our listeners through, you got the news, uh, that time period in your life, and how you battled back? Yeah, um, you know, it seems it seems so surreal that we even went through it, and it's been eight years. And, you know, by the grace of God and a bunch of good doctors and great people and a ton of support, I, I got through my battle. Um, yeah, it was, you know, tired, fatigued, but that was just, you know, that was just two-a-days. That was the job. That was being the new head coach of the Colts, you know, 20-some years in coaching, and you land your dream job, and then the next thing you know, you get hit over the head with a baseball bat, and they tell you, uh, that you're sick and you have cancer and you got you got leukemia and you know I had some bruising going on in my body like I said I had the fatigue we had a bye thank God the fourth week of the season uh, that year my first season in 2012 and normally when you first look at it you want the bye kind of you know right in the middle of the season as the injuries and so forth but it was the fourth week so I got some blood work done you know, we had the guys for two days of practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you cut them loose per the CBA, as you know. And then, you know, the blood work came back and our team doc called me and said he made me a, a appointment to see an oncologist at the Simon Cancer Center. And I was just blown away. Um, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate. We know that. You know that. It's touched your family personally. Um, it's touched a lot of families. But you just never think you're going to be the one to hear those words. Uh, you know, you have cancer. So, you know, I went down and met with the oncologist. And he said, I'm 99% sure based on your blood work that you have APL, which is a form of leukemia, highly curable. Um, but we're going to do a bone marrow uh, biopsy just to make sure. And next thing I know, my wife was downstairs uh, getting me admitted into the hospital. I was in the operating room getting a pick line put in my arm. Um, not shortly after that, I was in a room. They started to pump chemo in my body, steroids, uh, antibiotics, whatever. I was in for a 26, what turned out to be 26 days in the hospital and then two months at home. And like I said, by the grace of God, being at the right place at the right time, I had great doctors and caregivers and unbelievable support, not only from my owner, Mr. Ursay, and the entire Colts family, uh, Colts community, Indianapolis, Indiana, the NFL, all that kind of stuff. So um, like I said, I was blessed and I was fortunate enough to get, get through my battle after 12 weeks and come back on the job with one week remaining and 
we all know that Bruce, you know, Arians took over. Team did a phenomenal job. He did a phenomenal job. The staff. We weren't supposed to win a game, Sean. I mean, we were ranked 32 out of 32 in the power rankings going into that season. You know, they had blown up the whole organization. Peyton was gone. And Gary Bracker was gone. Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday. I mean, there was nobody. And rookie head coach, rookie GM, rookie quarterback. They didn't give us a chance, and, and uh, through all the adversity, with a little luck, no pun intended, you know, Andrew, seven fourth quarter comebacks, you know, they won nine nine games, you know, while I was gone, and we made the playoffs, and it's obviously a season we'll never forget. That's for sure. Coach, tell me, you know, you, you returned to the sideline on December 24th that season, uh, day before Christmas. Uh, can you maybe take the listeners what that was like, uh, just walking on, you know, through the tunnel? You know, here you are, you're back, you got to, you know, went in the remission, the cancer, and you're back doing what you love, living your bliss. Um, how did that, how did, how was that feeling? It must have been almost surreal. Yeah, it was uh, just going back to the facility, Sean, and walking, you know, into the team room and being in front of the guys again, uh, you know, as the head coach again, and just recognizing, you know, the job that Bruce had done, uh, all the assistants and all the, uh, all the players. I mean, it was Obviously, I get emotional right now just talking about it and thinking about it. Very, very emotional. And, you know, you can imagine being away that long. And then all of a sudden, because of Bruce's humility and all they wanted to do was compete and win games. You know, we know the story about leaving the light on, but then, you know, making it back for that that last game of the season. And we had, had clinched a playoff berth. They beat Kansas City the week before on the road to clinch a, a wild card spot. It's funny, the media asked me, when I came back, the first presser I had, since we made the playoffs, you're going to play your players. <laughs> I thought it was the craziest question uh, ever. After all that we've been through and in and, and the battles that we that we faced, you know, that season, now we're going to we're not going to play guys. <laughs> I said we signed up for 16 games. By God, we're going to yeah, we're going to play and, and uh, walking out on that field again for the first time. And I believe it was Houston who we played. And, we end up winning that game. Uh, it was just, it was surreal. And again, it was, uh, I'm so thankful and so grateful, you know, for, for that opportunity that I had in, in Indianapolis and, you know, especially that, that magical season, you know, that we had in 2012 and to be back out on the field and be back with the coaches and the players and healthy again, I'm just, again, when you go through something like that, it, I've always had good perspective on things, but it really, it really puts things in perspective and, I always said that we're coaching and playing a kid's game and there's real life stuff out there. And when you experience that, that real life stuff, it, it tends to put things in perspective for you. And, you know, it is a, it is a kid's game that we're, it's a privilege to you know, play and coach in the national football league. So uh, we all know what comes with that territory. But it was, uh, it was an amazing, amazing journey. Amen to all that coach. And the, the other thing is I've been around a lot of coaches and a lot of people in this business and, uh, your humility is touching and it's refreshing. Um, you, you obviously touched a lot of lives because, Coach, you had 24 players shave their head and two cheerleaders shave their head. Um, that shows the impact to do that. Uh, when you heard of that or saw that, what did that? How did that make you feel? It was blown away. I mean, solidarity at its at its finest. You know, um, you know, you just. We always said, you know, I said circumstances, you know, they don't make you, they reveal you, you know. And I also said, you know, cancer didn't happen, you know, to me. It happened for me. And coming out of it, coming through it, you know, I'm blessed. 
but you find out a lot about yourself and you find out a lot about people, you know, and what I found out was that there's a lot more good in this world uh, than bad. Unfortunately, you know, we just went through a, one heck of a year with this pandemic and things like that, but it's amazing how, you know, when adversity strikes, how, how people will come together and how good people are. And just to, just to see that, you know, I had to take the medicine and the chemo and go through all the, the BS. We know you got to go through, you know, with, with, with fighting cancer and all that stuff. And again, my, my, I was very lucky because the form of leukemia that I had was very curable, you know, and I saw people that, that came in and weren't leaving and had to go through much worse circumstances, but it was just amazing uh, to me to, to just see what was, you know, revealed and just how good, you know, people are and you know, sit there and watch those two cheerleaders as beautiful as they were and get their hair cut. And one of the young people that I met along that journey was young Mickey deputy who I got, I was fortunate during that season. They, I was healthy enough. My immune system was good enough, strong enough where my doctor said I could go to a game, you know, and I met, I met Corey Lang and Corey Lane and a young man who lost his battle after I, after I met him with cancer. And then Mickey deputy, who's still thriving that a young girl that had shaved her head as well. And it's just, it just blows you to blows you away. And it just, it just makes you want to fight, you know, that much, uh, you know, that much harder but to just, just know that, you know, that there's such good people out there and they're willing to do just about anything to, to encourage and, and help you, you know, fight that battle, you know, so you're not fighting alone. You know, that's well said, coach. And, you know, I, I know when prior, I just, you know, informed you, my aunt lost her battle to ovarian cancer, but I remember actually at the combine, I, uh, 2015, I, I love my hair coach. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't bick it completely, but I buzz cut it with like a three. So I lost, I took it all off. And when I went to see her in the hospital, she could not believe I did that for her. Uh, but it definitely was a, a little moving uh, moment for us and a tearjerker for us both. But uh, that just shows the impact you had. And, you know, one thing about the greatest thing about life is the, is the and human existence is the comeback story. Here you are, you go through that ordeal. And the next thing you know, the next two seasons, you guys win the AFC South. And you're, you're, you're winning games, you're, you're back, you're in remission and things are starting to roll. But, um, you know, I'm sure that had to be very gratifying to be able to do that. And, um, you know, the whole thing where some of these games, I know we're close and then you get to the playoffs, you know, the whole, I know Deflategate, you know, is that something that you have any input or, you know, want to, uh, any, any thoughts on that whole ordeal that went down? The only thing I'll say about that is we got, our butts whipped fair and square. And that's, that's the only thing I'll say about that. We, uh, I didn't do a good enough job as the head football coach, getting our team ready to play that game. Um, we ran into a buzzsaw that day and the Patriots up there in Foxborough. We know that uh, they flat out just, they beat us in every phase of the game. And it, and it started early, you know, with a turnover on a special team situation and, and they never looked back on a deal. So um, yeah, they, and, and I've said that all, all along about that, about that whole deal. And regardless of what happened there or down here, you know, we got, we got our butts kicked, you know, and we got out, I got out coached and we got outplayed and all that stuff. And no, there's no mulligans. You don't get any do overs on those things, but you learn lessons. And we, you know, we had a lot of success, you know, like you said, in 2013 and 2014 and the great comeback, you know, when you go through adversity, like we did in 212, you know, we, you know, the whole, our whole culture was, was, we said we were going to build that program, you know, uh, the foundation was going to be built on rock and not sand because we knew there was going to be storms coming. 
little did we know that we'd have the storm that we had, you know, in 2012. But that just set us up for for real life stuff, football stuff, no matter what. You know, life is going to happen, you know, and, and bad things are going to happen. But, you know, as soon as you figure out that life's tough, it starts getting a little bit easier, you know. And, and uh, But that, that helped us, you know, come back from 28 down to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, you know, that that 2013 season and, and go to Denver and, and win a divisional game to put us in the AFC championship game. So, um, you know, that there's nothing like adversity and, and things like that to, to teach you great life's lessons and that you never give up and you never quit and you keep fighting and you keep swinging. Yep. And there's no backing down. That's right. Uh, and with regards to that coach, you know, you obviously were all over the coaching carousel, um, you know, but let's reverse a little bit. Cause uh, you know, you grew up in Boulder, Colorado, uh, Fairview high school played. Um, and then you went on and, you know, played division one at Wyoming can you maybe just take us through a little bit of your upbringing, you know, what, how that shaped you and, and what really got you into fo- wanting to, you know, be close to the game and eventually become a coach? Yeah. I uh, grew up in a football family, you know, it all started. My dad was a f- uh, football coach. Um, so I grew up on the sidelines. I grew up in the locker room. I grew up picking up jocks and socks and towels and being a ball boy and all that stuff. And so my little brother, obviously, is still coaching. He's at the Denver Broncos now. He's the outside linebacker coach for Vic Fangio in, in Denver and was longtime assistant and defense coordinator at the Chargers and probably the best coach in the family. My dad's probably second, an easy third, to be honest. But, um, you know, that's that's where it all started, you know, was dad was a coach and we grew up with it. And that's really all that we that, that we knew and all that we loved and my dad knowing how hard the coaching life is on families and things you know he tried to talk us out of you know going into coaching and uh you know once we were done playing you mentioned you know my stellar coaching career um or my playing career I'd have to balk on that <laughs> I was fortunate I walked on it at Wyoming and and uh Earned a scholarship. Pat Dye, uh, the late Pat Dye, um, who I just loved as a coach. He came from East Carolina, and uh, he was my coach for one year. Gave me a scholarship, and I had a, a couple good seasons as a safety. And, and uh, I knew my playing days were over as soon as I ran my 40 at the pro day. I looked back, and all them scouts were shaking their head, you know. And I just I just kept running, Sean, to the my guidance counselor. So hey. I didn't take back. I didn't, I didn't take my academics very serious, you know, um, until well, yeah. I, until I ran that 40 and I ran right to the guidance counselor and said, okay, how many hours am I away? And what do I got to do to, to get a degree? Cause I figured I was, I was going to have to do something different. So, uh, just growing up, you know, in a football family and being around it, you know, my whole life as a young person, uh, there's nothing else that, you know, I wanted to do. And again, my dad tried to talk us out of it because he knew it was a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle and, and can be very hard on a family. But uh, I found the right right woman and, and Tina, uh, you know, convinced her that, you know, I don't know what I did to convince her. There was probably a lot of times she was shaking her head that she signed up for it. But um, it that's that's really where it, where it all started, you know, was was growing up in a football family and just watching my dad you know, coach and, and how he coached and, and those kind of things. 
Well, that's, you know, obviously with every great man comes a better woman. And uh, I know, you know, reading about how you wore the rock bracelet and, you know, that uh, she was a big part of you getting through that ordeal. And uh, it's important uh, to have, you know, being happily married and having a a very special woman in my life is, you know, I credit a lot of my success uh, to her because you're right, either coaching, agent, there's a lot of time away from family. I mean, can you maybe, because our listeners, you know, everybody sees coach, you show up, you play on Sunday and, and the ratings and all that, but all the in-between, can you maybe take our our, our listeners through just the preparation and this being a, a year long, I mean, pretty much a year long job. I mean, you don't get much downtime. No, the seasons are, are a grind. Um, you know, college, especially in college, and I was 17 years, you know, in college before I, you know, got my first job in the National Football League in, in 2001 with the Browns. And I was at Miami and Butch Davis took me to Cleveland with him. But, you know, college is, 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 is way worse because of the academic end of it and then the recruiting part of it. Because it's, it's, I was gone all the time. And so, you know, my wife, Tina, basically our three daughters, you know, on her own. And then, you know, in the National Football League, you know, at least you're, when it's vacation time in the summer, you've got that time to yourself because uh, you're not on a phone and you're not having to call recruits and things like that. But the preparation uh, that goes into um, not only just preparing for a game on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, uh, the hours are, are, are endless. The time on task, the preparation, those things are, those, they're crazy. Uh, once a season ends, if you're fortunate enough to make it to the playoffs and, and then make a deep run, you know, it's a long season. Uh, you may get a little bit of time off, but next thing you know, uh, as you know, um, you know, you're pre- you start evaluating um, and prepping for the, for the draft. And I know we haven't had combines and, and things like that because of COVID and the pandemic, but you know, you're, you're, you're on the road, you're doing pro days and, you know, the preparation is, is endless. Uh, you know, we know how important obviously the, the draft is to any team's success. So you go right into that and, and then the off season program and, you know, those kind of things. So it can be really, really hard on family. The sacrifices, you know, that I saw my wife and my kids make, you know, um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and they're very, very selfless, you know, selfless people. And you, and you have to be, you know, to kind of put up with, you know, the lifestyle and, and what we, what we go through. And, um, cause it can be the highs are really high, Sean, and the lows are really low because they have this, like this 24 hour rule. We try to get changed. You know, when you, when you win a game, it was like, okay, 24 hours, this one's done. We'll look at the tape and we got to move on. That's when you win. But when you lose, you know, it's until you play again. It's like it's six days. It's seven days, you know, of straight hell, you know, when you when you lose a game. So there's no 24 hour rule when you lose, you know, in, in the National Football League, college, whatever it is. So, um, you know, again, you you try to stay uh, even keeled, stay steady, you know, the high, you know, not ride those ebbs and flows, if you will, because it is a long season. It is it is a grind. And there's a ton of sacrifices that the coaches make and the players make and the families make. There is. And, you know, one of my old arena coaches used to always tell me you got to have amnesia, you know, whether you're on a play or, you know, a game. And, uh, you know, there's a small margin for error. Uh, that being said, coach, maybe for our, for our for our athletes that are trying to play in the NFL, uh, any advice that you can give them in terms of, look, at, we know it's a height, weight, speed game. We know that you got to, if you're under a certain, you know, five, nine, you got to nearly walk on water. Uh, anything particular you would really stress 
to any of these kids out there that are looking to, uh, you know, break into the league and, and get an opportunity? Because if you're going to get drafted, it's one thing. But if you're going to be a diamond in the rough, um, any advice at all that you can put out there to our listeners? Yeah, it's it's a process because to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you you get to a camp. If you're fortunate enough, whether you're, you know, drafted, like you said, or you're, you're a free agent, then that you show up and you, you get there and, and you're prepared. And, and you have a process and you have a routine and you respect that process. And, you know, so many times we hear now this, this new generation of, of young people and um, this entitlement and this, that, and the other. And it's, it's kind of the, the Burger King, you know, mentality. I want it now and I want it my way. Uh, but it doesn't work like that. You have to earn your way every single day. You know, and if you get into a, a football facility and they, they give you a, a key fob or the code to the door, it's it's up to you to make sure that when you walk into that facility every single day and you have a locker, you have a jersey and you have a number that you're going to do everything, you know, within your power. All right. To make sure that I don't lose this locker. I don't lose this jersey. You know, and it's not because, you know, if I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, but I'm not going to get run out of here because I didn't work hard and I wasn't a good teammate. You know, we always talk about abilities, you know, reliability, accountability, dependability, um, all the abilities, you know, check all those boxes off. And again, if, if, if I'm not going to make it, it's not because again, I wasn't a, a great teammate. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, wasn't cause I didn't respect the process. I didn't put the time in. Um, I knew, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew my plays, uh, I knew my, I knew my job. I knew my role. I busted my butt, you know, and I did everything that, that I possibly could. And, you know, if you do that, you know, you'll make it, you'll make it really hard. Um, you'll make it really hard on an organization, you know, to get, to, you know, pass on you or, or say, Hey, you know, you may not make the, the 53, but you know, you're probably going to make the, the taxi squad, you know, and there's been guys that, First rounders don't make it. And I see free agents play 15 year careers. You know, Mikey Adams, who has a safety, you know, who's coaching now with the Bears and was a safety force and in, in Indian was a college free agent out of Delaware. You know, um, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stories like that because guys were told those five, nine guys you're talking about, whatever, whatever it is, they were told they can't do something for a long time. And they use that as motivation, as a chip on their shoulder to, to go out and prove prove those people wrong and um it was because of their their work ethic and their determination and they were accountable you know they held themselves accountable and 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 they did all the right things and like i said if i was you know you know i got six years in the national football league and most of that was probably because of andrew luck and having him as quarterback i was a lot better coach when he was healthy and under center than when he wasn't um but i said you know if if I'm going to, if I'm going to get fired from, you know, it's because I didn't win enough games. I'm not going to, it's not because, you know, we didn't try to do things the right way. And I think if you just, you just bust your tail and do things the right way. And like you said, amnesia, I always talked about a process like a game is 60 minutes. All you got one play at a time. Don't judge. And the whole judgment part was, you know, great play, move on, bad play, move on. Don't, don't listen, you know, blinders on, earmuffs. Don't listen to the pundits. Don't listen to media. Just trust trust yourself and, and trust the process, you know, and just keep keep chopping wood every single day. I don't, I don't care what happened. You know, you're going to get knocked down. But get, your, get your butt up and keep scrapping and keep fighting and keep swinging. 
another layer of skin. And, uh, you know, that's what I, I try to, cause obviously a lot of kids that I've represented, you know, I've had some draft picks, a lot of undrafted guys, but even talking some of these guys off the ledge, you know, in terms of being in that type of shape, uh, you know, when that phone call comes that you're not going to kick yourself and, and you're going to call me and say, I didn't have my best day today on that workout. So you have got to be ready. I, I always tell my guys when that bell rings for my street free agent guys to, to knock someone out and wow them. But um, coach, you know, you're Italian, obviously uh, any traditions during the holiday that you guys have? Uh, I know our listeners love to hear food and any of that. Uh, is that you celebrate the seven fishes Christmas Eve? <laughs> no, we, we, we eat a lot of pasta. I know there's a lot of pasta made not only during the whole, every Sunday and it's since I've been retired and, and I'm back in Indianapolis and out in Idaho right now, I just, I just arrived here. I drove out here cause we're going to end up moving out here full time in June, but you know, having the family, family dinners and you know, grew up watching, you know, my dad was the, the guy that, that cooked, made the, made the suku, made the sauce and the, and the noodles and stuff. And, um, those Sunday family dinners are, are, are pretty good, but, uh, yeah, we, we enjoy, we, we enjoy our pasta. We enjoy our, our Sundays and, and those kind of things, but a lot of red wine too. Excellent. We like we're about, yeah. Good old red wine. Whereabouts the family <laughs> from, uh, in Italy? Calabrese. Uh, okay. That's so that's why we hit it off. Cause my, both my grandparents, yeah, my grandfather immigrated from Calabria. So they okay. say Calabrese, they say we're hard headed, um, but uh, <laughs> very hard workers, but in our way, uh, you being a girl dad, uh, coach, I got to say, what's better than three girls? <laughs> Nothing. Four girls. Four. That's what I've got. Four. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it well, seems. You know, you know, like I know, mine are, mine are grown now. The youngest has just had her first. We just had, because I had three daughters, Sean, and then three granddaughters. And my youngest, Tori, just had her first child. So he just welcomed the first grandson. Oh, first boy into the into the into the family so yeah so he's five months old and she's teaching school still in indianapolis so we took on babysitting duties tina and i watching watching bear his name's bear oh. and uh so, so we're watching yeah she's smart bear charles i got my yeah. my name is in the middle so she's smart and the other what? girls are pissed <laughs> 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 no, I love it. That's well, you know, he's going to have some good coaching. I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's he's going to eventually play and uh, hopefully I'll be young. Oh, she ain't letting him. She don't golf. want to. She's she like, don't want to. Other... Oh, the golf. Yeah. Golf's fine. Tennis. She wants him to be a musician. Oh, I got that... him full time though, Sean. I'm going to bring him. We'll have to. Well, so we definitely will. Coach in conclusion, just last question for you. Uh, best advice to your younger self. One more time. Uh, what would be the best advice you'd give to your younger self? I'm not following. I'm so not if, you could, if you could, if you could turn back like the if clock. If I could go back and turn back the clock? Yeah. What would the uh, advice you'd give to a young Chuck Pagano? Okay. My, the, the wisdom and all that I've been through now, it would be like when you're shooting a gun, it's ready, aim, fire. And what I used to do was, was be ready, fire, all right? And then think about, okay, what's going to happen, you know? So if I would have just aimed a little bit and just thought about some of the decisions that I made as a youngster and said, okay, if I do this, if I make this choice or this decision, what are the consequences going to be? Because we all, we all make mistakes and you don't get any do-overs and you got to live with, you know, not only good stuff, but, but some of the bad stuff, because I don't have any regrets other than 
you know, I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't, I didn't sit back and, and really think about, you know, okay, if I do this, what are the consequences going to be? And, and usually, you know, and, and probably be a better, better listener, you know, and be a better listener and a communicator, you know, as a, as a younger person, especially early in, in your marriage, you know, it, it's really hard. These young people that are going to get married, it takes a, a great deal of communication, as you know. And I always said, like, if you have an unreasonable desire to be married, you'll stay married. And so I think that's probably a, a couple of the things. Well, that's well said, Coach. And, you know, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, we wish you the very best in your, you know, obviously retirement. And uh, I want to give a special shout out just to our sponsors, Training Mask, Servici, Servici Martial Arts, and uh, 22 Days Nutrition. Um, continue to, you know, do great things. Enjoy the family. We wish you good health, happiness. And remember, Coach, always no backing down. Never, never. Uh, it was right. uh, an honor. It was an honor, man. Um, thank you so much for having me. And you're and more I than look welcome, forward Coach. to the next time we look forward to the next time we're together. Definitely. And, you know, for our listeners, just to be on the time scale, anybody that's interested, you can go online and check out Chuck Strong, which raises money for cancer. They've raised over $8 million. Uh, and you can check on the No Backing Down podcast when we post. We'll have a link. Make donations. Spread the word. Bring awareness. And uh, Coach, God bless you. God bless your family. And uh, enjoy Idaho, my friend. I look forward to seeing you in the near future. Thank you. God bless you, too. Stay safe. Will do, Coach. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye.